Welcome on in to the Jazz Talk Podcast. I'm your host, CJ Dieters. Patrick Beverly has been traded. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving look to be staying in Brooklyn for now. And while there is not not been movement on the Donovan Mitchell front, there is a lot of rumors going on, so we'll get into those. Um, but first off, before we get started, I wanted to first off apologize for taking... I think it's been about a month since I put an episode out. Um, you know, since I started doing this podcast three years ago, I haven't taken more than, I think, like a week and a half, maybe two weeks off from doing an episode. Um, <clears throat> there's a couple reasons I I uh, decided to take a break. First off, there's just not much going on in the NBA. Um, we'll get into him in a second, but I think Kevin Durant kind of ruined the offseason. Um, there was a lot of excitement. There's going to be a lot of things happening, and I think he ruined it. Um, secondly, um, with things with with my with uh, my job, <clears throat> um, we're at the absolute hardest time of the year, working the most hours, being out, you know, in the sun, in the elements, the the absolute most. I've just been honestly, I've just been exhausted, um, but. Things in the NBA are starting to pick up, and things at work are, are going to start getting a little easier. So we're going to get back on a normal schedule. We're going to start doing the Jazz Talk podcast, the NBA, uh, the Wasatch basketball, and we're going to get out some more uh, while we're waiting. Um, but with that, let's go ahead and hop in. Uh, so <clears throat> last night, is either late last night, early this morning, um, Patrick Beverly was traded to the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, if you don't remember, uh, Patrick Beverly was part of the Rudy Gobert trade uh, from the Timberwolves. Now, if the Jazz were really looking to push, you know, make the playoffs, you know, see where they can go from there, Patrick Beverly makes sense for the team. Uh, he's a super hard-nosed defender. Um, he's the type of guy where if he's on your team, you love him. If he's off, he's going against you, you hate the guy because he's just constantly in everybody's face. Um, he gets after the coaches, he gets after the refs, after players, um, just nonstop talking, going, 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 which, you know, can be an asset to a team. However, the jazz are going to be going into a rebuild, especially once Donovan Mitchell is traded away. Um, so there's no reason to keep a guy like Patrick Beverly around, especially since he's 34 years old. Um, if he was... 24 and played exactly the same way he was that'd be a different conversation but he's all he's gonna do is help the jazz win more games than what they want to at this point which can hurt you know what what they can get um during the draft um so anyway they decided to send him off and i think they sent him where they did because He's going to want to, in the last few years of his career, be having a chance to win a title. Um, be with a team that's competitive, that's really trying to go uh, you know, for a title. Um, so they ended up sending him to the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, so there he can either start uh, at the point guard or the shooting guard. You can start him with Russell Westbrook. Maybe they still trade Russell Westbrook and he can still be your starting point guard. Or you can bring him off the bench and just be that super high-energy, um, in-your-face defender that he is, 
uh, coming off the bench. Um, in return, the Jazz got uh, Stanley Johnson, who's, I think he's going to be 20. He's either already 26 or he's just about to turn 26. 6'7", 245. He's built like a defensive end. Um, fantastic athlete. Great measurables, all those type of things. Just never could figure out how to shoot or handle the ball. So he's just a super high-energy guy with the perfect body for the NBA. Just never had any, you know, the fundamental skills that would make you a really great player. But the biggest part of, or biggest um, piece in the trade was the Jazz got Talon Horton Tucker, or Talon Horton Tucker. I'm going to have to look into it if he goes by Talon or Talon. Um, but, uh, so THT, Talon Horton Tucker, uh, he's only 21 years old. He's already been in the NBA for three years. He was one of the youngest players ever to enter the NBA. Like he was, I think he was only like a day or two. Uh, his birthday was like a day or two, um, in front of the cutoff line, um, to actually get into the NBA draft. Um, so he's been in the league for three years, looked really good his rookie year, the last two seasons, he's just kind of struggled to find a role. And the biggest piece of that is that the, the Lakers have a lot of veterans. They're really looking to make a push now for titles. And, you know, it just doesn't make sense to really be developing a 19, 20 year old while you're trying to, you know, make a big push. Um, so he's kind of been a forgotten guy. Been coming off the bench for them. He averaged 10 points a game last year. Um, and he kind of played like the Jordan Clarkson role where it's just come in, try and score as much as you can, you know, while the starters are off the floor. Um, very um, inefficient in that time. He only shot 26% from three. Shot pretty well from the field. Shot really well from the free throw line, 80%. So there's hope that, you know, the shot isn't broken. He just needs uh, some coaching, needs uh, needs that shot to get realigned and uh, really figure out that shot. Um, but again, he's only 21 years old, so he has time uh, to develop. Um, and he's going into a situation where they're going to be looking to develop young players for the future. Um So THT, uh, another big thing that I like about him is he's about 6'5", 235, 240. He is, he's built like a linebacker. Um, he's got orangutan arms, like his, his, he can basically touch underneath his kneecaps, just standing straight up. Um, he has a lot of great physical tools. Um, I think he's a guy that given time can become a very good NBA player, maybe not ever like all-star level, but I think he could be a reliable starter um, in the next few years uh, for basically any team in the league. He just, again, he needs more time. He needs to really develop those, uh, you know, his handle, develop his shot, um, become a more consistent de uh, defender. Um. Yeah, uh, so the next thing I want to talk about, so Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, it looks like they're going to be going back to Brooklyn. Um, they're going to try and win a title with the team that they have. 
which I have no problem with that. You know, um, you know, they'll have Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons. That's their big three. Yet Joe Harris and uh, Seth Curry come off the bench. They're going to have to add some centers, um, at least one center uh, in free agency. They have Nick Claxton and uh, Daron Sharp, but they're going to need at least one more to play big minutes because Sharp's, I don't think, ready. Um, but they're a team that definitely can contend. So I have no problem with the Nets going forward like that. What I have a problem with is how Kevin Durant destroyed this offseason. Destroyed it. So he requested a trade. Rudy Gobert gets traded to the Timberwolves, and immediately the Nets go, okay, we have to get a huge, way bigger than what Rudy Gobert uh, trade package was to trade Kevin Durant, which stalled out everything in the NBA. Everything. Because all 29 teams were trying to figure out some way to make a deal to get Kevin Durant. Even if it was just a small chance, they were holding on to their guys. They weren't making any other trades because they're like, well, maybe we can make that trade that gets us Kevin Durant. They weren't signing free agents because it was like, hey, we don't know how much money we're going to need to take on. We don't know what all the situations are um, for us to get Kevin Durant or whatever. You know, Maybe we can be a third team in the trade or we get pieces, but we don't get Kevin, but we can get something else that helps us out. And so it stalled out everything. And Patrick Beverly actually tweeted about um, about this a couple days ago or something like that, basically saying exactly what I'm saying is he, you know, he says in his tweet, he's like, "There's guys with families that are looking for a paycheck, that are looking for security, knowing that they have a job, and because Kevin Durant demanded a trade, even though he's uh, under contract for the next four years." Um, it kept a lot of guys just sitting at home, not knowing what the future is going to hold for them. Um, you know, I love Kevin Durant as a player. I think he's one of the greatest of all time, but he makes decisions all the time that are just horrible for the NBA. Um, you know, him going to the Warriors. Yeah. He won a couple titles. But that was horrible for the NBA as a whole because all the, basically every other team in the NBA, except for the Rockets, decided like, hey, they have KD. We can't c- contend right now, so we're not even going to try. And so it became the Warriors, the Rockets, and a few teams in the East. And then everybody else was just like, well, there's no, no any real reason for us to push hard right now. So it ruined the rest of the NBA for years. And then he goes to Brooklyn. He's constantly complaining the whole time he's there. Um, you know, he made them trade for James Harden. Um, in that trade, they got rid of Jared Allen, who's become an all-star with the Cavaliers, because the Nets wanted to start Jared Allen over DeAndre Jordan, who was completely washed at the time, but he's Kevin's best friend. So, obviously, we you know, you can't have your best friend sitting on the bench, even though it's better for the team. And then last summer, he signs a massive max contract with the Nets. The Nets were like, hey, we'll give you $200 million to stay with us for the next four years. Um, 
and he can't even live up to that. He he gets the next summer, he realizes like, oh, we might not win right away, so I need to get out of here. I can't have any loyalty to this team right now. So I know a lot of the NBA and myself. I'm we're pissed that Kevin Durant he ruined the summer. This was supposed to be a super fun off season where there was tons of trades happening. There were tons of guys switching teams and free agency and none of that happened. Very little of that happened because of Kevin Durant. Anyway, that's my, the end of my rant there. Um, then that's team though. They're, they're going to be good. Uh, a couple guys I forgot to mention, they traded for Royce O'Neal at the very beginning of the, of the off season. That gives them another wing that can defend, that can knock down wide open threes. And then they signed TJ Warren, who is a guy that at any time can go go and get you 20 points in a game. Um, and at 6'8", plays the most desired position in the NBA. Um, yeah, so anyway, back to the Jazz. Uh, so Ke- uh, now that Kevin Durant is no longer available more Donovan Mitchell rumors have come out because teams are no longer putting all their focus to get Kevin Durant. There's a few of those teams that were trying to get him. They're like, hey, maybe we can get Donovan Mitchell now. Um, Danny Ainge has said that he has a few other offers that he really likes, but he is trying to wait out the Knicks for them to put out their absolute best offer. Now, so far, from the reporting, the best offer that the Jazz have gotten from the Knicks for Donovan Mitchell is Evan Fournier, Obi Toppin, and five first-round picks, two of them unprotected um, for Donovan Mitchell. And then they'd have to throw in a a couple other salaries just to make the rules work uh, salary-wise. Overall, that's a good trade package. Like the Jazz would get a, a good young player in Obi Toppin that they can start developing, even though he's going to be, I think, 25 this next year. So he's not super young, but he still has a good amount of potential, I believe. And then you get a lot of picks. Danny Ainge wants more, at least one more unprotected pick added to that. I don't know if he'd be okay with five if they swapped out one of the protected picks for an unprotected. Um, or if it need to be a sixth pick thrown in there. But I think the Jazz and the Knicks are close. But Danny Ainge is going to wait the Knicks out until they give him the offer that he wants. Some other teams that I've heard thrown out there are the Heat. Um, one idea that I had for the Heat that I think would work great is a three-team trade involving the Wizards. Um, so basically. The Jazz would send Donovan Mitchell to the Heat. The Heat would send their three first-round picks that they can send out to the Jazz. Duncan Robinson, Max Struess, and Nikola Jovic, who is their first-round pick this year, uh, who's like a six-foot-eleven point guard, basically very uh, Tony Kukoc-like player. Um, and then they'd also send Tyler Hero to the Wizards. And the reason they send him to the Wizards is because the Jazz don't want to immediately take on Hero and then have to pay him, you know, thirty million dollars a year next year, twenty five or whatever it is he's going to require. <clears throat> they want 
guys that are younger that are on longer team control. So he goes to the Wizards. The Wizards send to the Jazz Johnny Davis, who they just drafted this year. I think he was 10th overall. Uh, kind of a less athletic Dwayne Wade. Um, a guy that can score from a lot of different spots. Um, very, very smart. Pretty decent defender. Good passer. All those things. Um, and they would send also to the Jazz. At least one, but I, I'm thinking probably, you know, let's just say one. One first-round pick, and that's how they pay for getting Tyler Hero back. So now you have Hero and Bradley Beal as your backcourt with the Wizards. The Jazz get two rookies. Uh, I think Johnny Davis is 20, Nikola Jovic is uh, 19. You get Duncan Robinson, which you're kind of having to take on his contract at that point, but he's a guy that can knock down some threes. Um, and you can probably, if he has a good first half of the year, you can probably flip him at the trade deadline uh, to somebody else to get off of that contract. Uh, and then Max Struess is a guy, um, really low cost wing uh, that can hit the three, can defend pretty well, um, can be part of, any team's rotation. Um, that's kind of what I would, where I'd like to see Donovan end up is in Miami. Put him with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo and Kyle Lowry as well. Um, other teams that have been in the news as far as reaching out are the Hornets, the Wizards, and the Cavaliers. For those teams, I can't really figure out a specific trade that really makes a lot of sense with them. Um, but they're in talks with the Jazz, so maybe there's something that Danny Ainge is seeing that um, that I'm not quite seeing yet. Um, but obviously, the number one team so far, and ha has been for like the last month. Like I said, nothing's happened in a month. It's freaking ridiculous. But anyway, um, is the Knicks. The Knicks have draft picks. They have young players. One wild card that I'd like to throw out there is the Chicago Bulls. If you could have on the same team Lonzo Ball, Donovan Mitchell, Zach Levine, and DeMar DeRozan, you might be a championship team right there. Um, so the trade that I, I was thinking for the Jazz is mostly to get young players and draft picks. So you'd have to take back Nikola Vucevic, um, who's their uh, center, um, just to make the money work for this deal. Uh, but then you also get back Kobe White, who's a 6'5 combo guard, kind of Jordan Clarkson-esque, but he's very young. I think he's only 22, 21, 22, somewhere in there. Patrick Williams, who's 6'8", 225, perfect body and athleticism for the modern-day wing. Just has a lot of development left to go, but he's only 20 or 21. Um, and then uh, Io Dosunmu, who is a guy that the Chicago Bulls drafted in the second round last year. Um, immediately uh, became a normal part of their rotation. You know, 6'5", can defend multiple positions, 
is a guy that likes to get to the rim, get on top of the rim. Uh, you know, Duncan dunks, uh, circus finishes at the basket. And then I would also want <clears throat> Dale and Terry, who's a guy that they just drafted this year, six, seven can play the one through the three, uh, good defender, very, very smart player. So those was that five players. Jazz would send back Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gay. And then I would have the Bulls send one first-round pick. So it's not the the same return in picks that you'd get from the Knicks. I know that rhymes. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> um, but uh, you get a lot of good young talent there. And Kobe White, Patrick Williams, Dalen Terry, and Io Dosunbu, four guys right there that can can all all of them can play multiple positions. They're all good defenders, except for Kobe White. He's not a great defender, but he at least has that six five size to where he's not going to get torched. But then you look at the Bulls. I think it's worth it for them. You could have a starting lineup of uh, Ball at the one, Mitchell at the two, Levine at the three, Demar Derozan at the four. And then you're going to go out, have to go out and find a five. Uh, they still have Tony Bradley on the roster, but I'd probably be looking for somebody else to be the number one starter. Oh, they have Dion, uh, Andre Drummond. Yeah, Andre Drummond could start for them. I'd still probably go out and find one more guy just to have some depth there. Uh, maybe like Dwight Howard or Ennis Cantor, LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, Cody Zeller could be a good piece there. Um, but I think those four guys, plus whatever you have at center, and then you have a guy like uh, Alec, uh, Alex Caruso coming off the bench, like that could be a championship team. Um, and if I was, if I'm Donovan Mitchell, I want that heat trade so I can be with Jimmy Butler, Adebayo, and Kyle Lowry, or I want that Chicago Bulls trade so I can play with with Levine, DeRozan, and Ball. Um, but I think in the end he's probably going to end up going to the Knicks, and they're going to barely make the playoffs for a bunch of years in a row. Uh, they're never really going to go anywhere, and all of a sudden, Donovan Mitchell is going to be almost thirty trying to figure out how to get on a team where you can have a chance to win a title. Um, I've said this, I said this before the, tr the Rudy Gobert trade happened and I'll say it again. Rudy Gobert will win a title before Donovan Mitchell does and before the jazz do. Now he has a chance with this Timberwolves team, but if Rudy Gobert never wins a title, I believe there's a really good chance the Jazz won't win one before Rudy Gobert retires, and that Donovan Mitchell will never win one. Like I said, he has a good chance if he goes to either the Heat or the the uh, the Bulls, like I was saying. So if I'm him, I'm getting in Danny Ainge's ear going like, hey, I know you like the trade with the Knicks. But these are the, the two options that I would really, really like. 
if you can make these happen, please send me to the, either of these two teams because if he goes to the Knicks, yeah, sure, he's going to be on the front page. He's going to be a he's going to be looked at like a god because New York is a ridiculous city that thinks they're so much more important than everybody else. But anyway, um, <sighs> he's going to be looked at like a god. He's going to be looked at as he's going to save the Knicks and win. They make it to the playoffs a few times, never really go anywhere. He's going to be villainized, and they're going to be wanting him out of there immediately because he wasn't the savior that they were looking for, just like Carmelo Anthony wasn't. Um, yeah, with that, I'm going to go ahead and end this episode. Again, I'm sorry for the break, but we're back. We're going to get on a normal schedule again. Um, yeah, with that. Hope you all have a great day, and go Jazz!